ass back in bed, you son of a bitch. I need some fucking chicken soup. guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are at episode 409. Mm. So we are rocking and rolling through yes. season four. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> I know everybody's telling us, slow down. Like, we right. don't want y'all to get to season five. I know, it's just moving so quickly. It. I know. I told him, I said, well, what we'll do, we'll just end season four and then start back over at season one. Because now we have such a better understanding of yes. all these people. We'll see all of those seasons totally different. For, seriously, <laughs> though. And I don't think that's a bad idea on the real. Do like a, a four season recap or something. Yeah. You know, I think that'd be really, really well, fun. And just like highlight specific things that uh-huh. we really liked and go back and revisit those now that we saw what that kind of put in motion. Absolutely. And yeah. we always talk about how we see so much growth between the characters so mm-hmm. we can actually break down that actual growth that we can see from season one. To where we are now in season right. four. Right. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I just y'all don't worry. It's gonna be a while before <laughs> we are done totally with I mean, Liberty Diner Dish is still gonna be here, but it's gonna be a while before we're done with Queer's Folk. No, nah, so. Queer's Folk is the heart. I know. I feel like we're always at, in some way always gonna revisit something. That's our first child, you know? That's our first Yeah. So no, can never give up. Can never give it up. Can never give it up. All right. So we're gonna start 409. And we start out and we're in this like weird science lab thing with Brian strapped to a table and he's being zapped with this laser of some sort. And it's all very like rage the comic book. In, in fact, you thought yes. it was like a scene from the movie. I was like, oh, my God, they finally got it up and going. Yay. Yeah. And then I realized it was yeah. Uncle Vic. Yeah. I mean, it even <laughs> has the it even has the sadistic villain who yes. looks a lot like Uncle Vic. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian will never tell him where the jewels are. <laughs> and Uncle Vic says, well, evil Uncle Vic says, you mean Jewel. I, I died. <laughs> like, <Okay>. Singular, buddy. <laughs> yeah. He adds, if you're lucky, you might even get a few more years like me. And then he proceeds to zap Brian right in the jewel. Um, But I like this scene because it's different, but it's totally in line with this world that they have built. Because it's like the comic. It's Brian refusing to give up his jewels. And uh, yeah, (laughs) even while enduring pain and torture, he still doesn't want to give them up. Absolutely. Uh, what I love most about this is that they have not gotten rid of Uncle Vic. I know. Although I love he's that. <laughs> passed on to the other side, he's still yeah. with us, you know. And to be with Brian, to be with Brian. So I, mean, I know. And we're going to talk about that at some point, not today, but we're going to talk about that how he's almost like the fairy godmother kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uncle Vic is, and just like that choice for, for Brian, for it to be Uncle Vic right. who's filling that role for him, mm-hmm. I think is very interesting. Well, so Brian wakes up and he is in a hospital gown because he was receiving radiation. That's where he actually was. And the nurse tells him that after a few hours, he will likely hit a wall and experience a few side effects, including nausea, pain, fatigue. Like the side effects are always worse than the than the treatment, right. than the actual condition. Yeah. And she recommends that he stay home for a few days, not go into work and uh, raise your hand if you expect Brian to listen to that advice. Okay. <laughs> I bet not see not one pinky, no yeah, nothing up. Yeah. Because you can look at his face and see that advice is going in one ear and promptly out of the <laughs> other. Because this has already disrupted enough of life for him. Right. And it's like, hey, at least let me have work. Exactly. You know, if I can't have my yeah. body and, and you know, everything that is tied to that, at least let I me have, have work. I have to have my job. Yes. Yeah. I have to have that. Because what's he supposed to do? I mean, sit at home feeling like an invalid and dealing with his thoughts and emotions and replaying that last encounter he had with Justin, like, 
That ain't healthy for him. Clearly, these doctors don't know Mr. Kenny because if right. they did, they, they would have had him in an inpatient for real. Like facility. we gonna monitor yes, you because... exactly where he cannot check himself out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like no, nah, you we have to complete... keep you strapped down <laughs> through this whole yeah process. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, over at Michael and Ben's, Hunter is planning a trip out to Hollywood, <laughs> and he's got the whole book there and looking at all the places. Ben thinks that this plan is a little premature. And Michael does say it's not a done deal until it's a done deal, which is true, true because he said that he was going to send over the option agreement. But still, at any point. Yeah, you know, I mean, you just never know. Stuff could go left. And Ben makes a face when he hears Brett's name. Like, OK, what's going on, Ben? I kind of thought we were done with this. I did, too. I know. Um, Because I'm not going to be so nice to you if we have to go through this again. I know, because we're not going through the jealousy <laughs> shit no more. Like, I'm done with that. Yeah. Uh, well, he rolls his eyes and says that he's done. But um, he's offered some classes, student advisor meetings, just different things like that. He's got to he's got to go. And he's also supposed to hear from a publishing company and the editor seemed receptive. So possibly some good news there. We crossing our fingers for you, Ben. Yeah, uh, he leaves and Hunter thinks that maybe he should try some grains in the morning to help <laughs> flush out that grumpiness. <laughs> and Michael tells him to be more sensitive because Ben is going through a hard time and Hearing about all of Michael's success is a little hard on him. Mm-hmm. And he tells Hunter to lay off the Hollywood talk. What are your thoughts on um, that? I love that Michael's so thoughtful that he would actually diminish his shine because Michael really never has anything really going on big for him. He's always the one who's sidekicking to somebody else's success and things like that. So I hate that. I love that he's so caring enough to actually, you know, like, shh, let's keep it on the hush for Ben. Let's make him feel better. But at the same time, it's a shitty situation for Michael. I feel like he's always yeah. having to be hushed. He's always taking a back seat. Um, for, he's always taking a back seat for someone else. Now it's his time to shine. He can't. He can't even fully enjoy it. So, I mean, it's a crappy situation. But I mean, when you love someone, you try to make it work. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, absolutely pursue your dreams and take advantage of, of opportunities that present themselves to you. But you can do all that while still being sensitive to yes, your partner and absolutely. the people around you. Um, now, if that lack of support gets to be too unhealthy or too un- too draining, then address that and work through it if Absolutely. you can, I say. Yeah. I just want Ben to realize that Michael's not intentionally trying to put this in his right. face. He's, ex- he's just extremely happy, uh-huh. you know? I mean, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So he so they think at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, I don't we don't know if it's going to be a rage two, three, four, five. But, I mean, this is a big deal. I just wish Ben would see that Michael's trying his hardest to, you know, be sensitive to his needs. Yeah, and I mean, I know the world's not fair, but you kind of want some fairness. It's like, okay, if, if this were you and we were celebrating, your book did get published. You, you would want me to be happy for you in right. that. And so I would kind of want to have that reciprocated, Exactly. I and yeah. I mean, we're going to move on. But yeah. uh, the fact that Michael was going to even inject himself with HIV just to be close to you shows how much this man cares for you. You mm-hmm. know, like, so there's no need to be jealous. There's no need to have any shade thrown in any direction. Yeah. See that, know that. Move on, move happily. Yeah, you know? yeah, move forward. Like, don't take it personally. Yeah, exactly. It's not a personal slight. Exactly. You. Yeah. You got the I Love Lucy refer- reference Girl, in this. <laughs> you know I did. <laughs> yeah. Anything Lucy, I'm going to pick up on. Yeah, That's my well, see, I don't joint. remember this episode or that happening, but oh, yeah. I was like, Ken's going to know it. The whole episode was based on her stealing those footprints. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then we see Brian at Kinetic against doctor's orders, of course. <laughs> And he is immediately greeted by an unwelcome visitor. It is Justin, because Girl. last we saw, he threw him out of the loft and broke all of our hearts. Um, and he says that he's been waiting for Brian. He won't answer the door. He won't return his calls. And Brian says, yeah, all of that should be a sign. And then he calls Cynthia over and tells her he doesn't want Justin at the office, doesn't want his calls. He goes so far as to say, if he comes near me, I want a restraining order. 
And like, Mr. Kenny, you were doing the most. The most. Yeah, okay. The ultimate. Cynthia like, looks dumbfounded because she's known Justin for all this time. Right. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure even back at Ryder, yeah. he probably came up there and she knew, you know, that they had something going on. And then he was the intern at um, Gardner Vance, mm-hmm. at Vanguard, sorry. And he's been up and through Kinetic at it, his will. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that was, that was a hard scene to swallow. Mm-hmm. To see Brian, like, I mean, I, I thought by now time would have passed. He had time to actually think and think about it because he's still talking to Michael. Right. But you're treating Justin like shit. Right. So I was thinking like, okay, he'd had time to think about it. He'll be a little nicer. The fact that Justin's going to be Justin, like, I'm glad he showed up. Yeah. Like, Justin's not going to, he's not a quitter. Mm-hmm. He didn't stop with that one throw out. I mean, cause Brian did put Paul's on. He pushed him pretty hard out yeah. the door and through his stuff. So Yeah. But he's like, we're going to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, but we're going like, to work this out. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not giving up on you. So I love the scene. I love that Justin was there in that scene in yeah. that moment when he first got there. It shows that. Justin stand true to his character. He's still right. gonna stand up for what he believes in. He's still gonna care for you. Like he loves you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's what he's been doing since season one. Like you can keep pushing me away, but I'm coming back. Baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm coming. I'm like a herpes. I'm coming back. <laughs> oh baby. gosh, please don't okay. compare him. To that. <laughs> okay, well I'm just saying I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he adds if Vic Grossi calls, she could tell him that he's in a meeting. <laughs> don't talk to him either. Uh, yeah, but the point is, Brian doesn't want to deal with any of this. So Justin leaves and Cynthia wisely gets back to work. Like, don't get in the middle of that. Right. Mm-mm. She didn't even speak. She knew what's up. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't get involved in that. <laughs> then we see Debbie and she's at Vic's grave and Emmett is right there beside her. And it's not quite the headstone Debbie intended. But what it shows is that she listened to Carl's advice. Yes. And she was able to forgive herself knowing that Vic wouldn't be holding that against her, holding that fight against her. And he wouldn't be expecting her to buy or earn his forgiveness. Emmett gets a call while De- and Debbie uses this time to have a conversation with her brother. And it's beautiful and heartfelt. And it's everything that, that she needed to get off yeah, her chest. Yeah, that she's been that wanting she, to mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. She says that she knows Vic is in heaven. So you take that, Brian Kenny. That part. Because <laughs> you said he was in hell. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like that we got to see got to see her have that. And so over on the side, Emmett's conversation is not going near as well as <laughs> Debbie's. And I think that this is something that they've always done with this show. Like they balance out something heavy with something light. Mm -hmm. Even with death and life, we've seen them do that here recently. Like from the death of Captain Astro came the birth of Rage. And then the death of Jason Kemp, like that set a ton of things in motion. And I think we still see, we'll still see a newness or a rebirth of what follows after Uncle Vic's death. I love that. A rebirth. Yeah. You know, they haven't been doing much like major stuff with Emmett's character this this season so far, but I think sometimes that's how life works. Like Debbie needed someone by her side. And even if she wasn't asking for it, Emmett was right there. He's that companionship that she was lacking. You yeah. know, he feels that he feels that void that Vic would have. But you as know, a friend, but and as not a friend. as like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm your son or I'm your brother. Right. But just as a friend who has chosen to yeah, be there. Because he does not have to be there. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. I love that. I love what they're doing with Emmett's character. And also, like you said, they haven't done so much with him this this season. It's because last season, I feel like Emmett got put through the ringer. You know, like he dealt <laughs> he did, with so yeah. much with the Ted and, and you know, up and down with the emotions and mm-hmm. losing who he was as a person. So this time it's to see his his come up, his yeah. return. And I think he, he's doing wonderful. Yeah. And we're getting to see like all the sides of him because he is a great supporter for mm-hmm. his friends and a great um, shoulder for them to lean on. And He so, is that rider of the group for yeah, real, for real. Mm-hmm. I mean, he arrived for like, all of he them. He will be whatever is needed from him. Yeah. Emmett will give them that. Yeah. Speaking of new life, uh, we go over to the diner and we see a sonogram photo with and Mel, Lindsay and Michael are there. And it's their little baby. 
they're all waxing poetic about the possibilities and potential of a new baby. And Melanie thinks a little princess is on the way. And Michael says, it's okay with him if the baby's gay. <laughs> so, yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Lindsay heads off to the gallery because they are installing the Auerbach show. And Melanie reminds her of their Lamaze class coming up. And that doesn't work with Lindsay's schedule. But Michael volunteers to go in her place. And then so Justin walks by, leaving work, I guess. And Michael's like, where have you been? I need the rage panels from you. And Justin... Ain't in the mood. Well, for one, I think that's really shitty of Michael. That's the first thing you're going to say to me. Right. You should have been like, oh, my God. Like, when Brian checked your ass the first time, then you should have been shooting that. Well, I ain't going to say text because, you know, back then you were charged per per minute. Yes, you were. uh, Per word, I think, (laughs) via text. Side story. I have a friend. She's a little bit older than me. But her and her boyfriend got into a fight. And so she texted him one letter of the alphabet at a time. And he used all his messages for the month. All of them. For real. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm not going to say shoot that text message. But you could have came over. You could, you know where I work at. You know how to reach me. You could have called, could have sent something. You right. know, send a little dove with a note on it. Something like, damn, let me know what's up. But you did not. You kept me still in the dark. Yeah. And then you asked me, where have I been? Bitch, I'm not trying to see you. Right. Okay. And the girls don't know what's going on, but they can tell like there's some tension there. But luckily, Lindsay has to get to work. And Melanie is focused on her plate of food. As so, always. So they don't pry. Because you know they love to get their pry on. Yes. Those two nosy know-it-alls. So luckily, they're distracted. <laughs> Uh, but Michael follows Justin out. And y'all know I get nervous when Michael follows Justin Always. anywhere. <laughs> because I get flashbacks. <laughs> it's like PTSD. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. It's never a good thing when Michael's following you. Yeah. And he asked Justin what's what's with him. And Justin is like, well, you should know. You told him that we knew. And it's what you said. Michael still has not talked to Justin about, yeah. about this. And I feel like that is totally That's wrong. foul. Yeah. yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's not cool at all. Yeah. I'm sorry. But that's just, my opinion is just that Michael had to know Brian would not take it well that they had been discussing this behind his back. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Um. Anyway, it just really bugs me because like real life situation, you know, th- because this was nothing you probably don't even remember, but there was one time where your partner has sent me a message and I didn't see it. And anyway, so when I did see him later, I didn't have all the information because I didn't see his text. Right. So it seemed like I was telling a lie, oh. <laughs> but I wasn't. I just right. didn't have all the information. And so I was like, oh, gosh, this is nothing, but it could be something. So I just I pulled you to the side right. and I was like, yo, Ken, here's what happened. Just uh, so yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But my point with that is I if was, I felt um, like there was going to be. I just feel like if I'm going to do something that could cause some trouble in your paradise, like. I want to clear the air. Yeah, yeah I want to mm-hmm. communicate with you. I mean, I love both of you, but you're the one that I knew right. first. Yeah, exactly. So, yes, I just feel like that's a, a courtesy to your friends that you should extend. Exactly. It's a courtesy. It's common sense. Like, I mean, y'all both agreed because Justin wanted to tell this man. Like, yeah. I want, wanted to go out and like I can't I can't keep pretending. And you were like, no, no, no. You know, let's keep this going for him. Let's make it out of his wishes. And then you go behind my back yeah. and you do it anyway. Then you don't even come and tell me. Now you want to act like nothing's wrong? Yeah. I mean, you know who we're dealing with. <laughs> you think Brown was going to take it? Like, oh, y'all were so concerned yeah. for me. Yeah, and I guess, no. I guess because of like how I have in real life handled a, a similar situation, and that's just one example, because that's how I in real life do it. Maybe people think I might be being unfair to Michael because I would handle it different from him, but I just... Y'all, if y'all ever think we've been unfair to Michael, go back to my season one. Okay, our season one of Liberty on <laughs> a Dish. Yeah. I was always team Michael, for real, for real. Yeah. But after watching so many episodes, Michael does some stupid things. <laughs> like, I mean, yes, he's a loyal friend, but 
to Brian. Yeah. I feel like he's only loyal like that to when Brian. When it serves him or his friendship with Brian, then yeah. yeah. And I mean, and Michael does have a big heart. I mean, he, he, he does. does. He and does there have a big are heart. times with. I'm going to move on. Yes. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> so Justin kind of says everything that I want to say to Michael in this scene. And he says somehow it just slipped out. Like, you're the one who said to be strong and honor his wishes. Mm-hmm. And Michael offers an apology. But I'm like, if you meant it, you would have came to me before <laughs> with this apology. And Justin's not done. He says, do you know, do you have any idea how hard it's been? And then he asks Michael, like, why are you sorry? Did he stop talking to you? Did he kick you out? Right. And, well, no, he didn't. And Justin says, well, if that's the way Brian wants it, he can honor those wishes, too. Um, but Justin already knows that Brian didn't react to Michael the same way. Because like, he, yeah. he would know that. Yeah, he would know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also, he could feel it the mm-hmm. way, I mean, the way Michael was approaching the situation. Listen, you know Michael would be out in the street in sackcloth and ashes, <laughs> wailing to everybody that his best friend ain't talking to him. And then Debbie would be at the loft, banging on the on door. On the door, yes. Telling them he needs to go make it right with her son. So, exactly. Justin knows. <laughs> Justin knows that it not play out like that. So, yeah. I mean, come on now. Well, then we see Ben at the college, and he is um, at the library checking out some books, and there's a former student of his there at the counter or whatever, and he tells Ben that he bought his last book, and he read it a few times. He is an inspiring writer himself, and he would love to speak to Ben about his process and his book and all that junk because that book really spoke to him as a gay man, and it taught him a lot about himself. And I think it's kind of a little perk up for, for Ben to he have. Needed some, it. Yeah, he needed a reminder that his writing can have an impact. And mm-hmm. so I think that's how he how he takes it. So, yeah. I mean, I like this scene because, again, Ben does need to pick me up. If you get a million no's, I mean, that can send you into a depressing state, especially the people around you. Like, I mean, no one trashed him, but they were very honest with him. Like, hey, this didn't speak to me. So, I mean, he's like in a lull right now. He's writer's block. I mean, he's down on himself. So hearing that reassurance, like, hey. You're doing something good. Like, I mean, I don't know what everybody else is saying, but this touched me here. It was a good little pick-me-up for him. Yeah, that's what um, I thought. My reservation is, though, I don't like the way the, why, um, the ex-student is looking. You know, yeah. maybe, I'm, maybe I think everyone well, is just, untrustworthy. Yeah, you do. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, but he's, like, seeing him as a hero in a way. Yeah. You know, someone who is inspiring him. So. I just feel like when you're weak, though, like, uh, my, yeah. thing, my thing is really is for the student. Don't be on your student. own when you're weak. Yeah, yeah. It's not so much for the student. It's for much, so much... It's more for Ben, I would mm-hmm. say. Like, he's not winning at all. And I feel like Michael is on top. When you're feeling low, you do stupid things. You do. That, you know, you normally wouldn't do. So I don't want Ben to, like, take this compliment and then run with it because he feel like he's not getting fed at home. And then, you know, some bad shit going to happen. I don't think Michael could go through that again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, then we see Emmett at Debbie's. And he is on the phone trying to find a replacement chef to handle his very simple menu of lobster, <laughs> filet mignon, you know, just very simple, the basics, yeah. you know. Uh, well, he is really missing Uncle Vic. Debbie offers to cancel her shift and lend him a hand, and Emmett means no offense, but he tells her that not everything is covered in marinara <laughs> sauce. Well, Debbie decides she should just go back to her book about detectives. Uh, Emmett has never known her to read detective novels, so he deduces that it has to do with one Lieutenant Horvath. Yes. Yeah. Debbie says Carl came to see her strictly as a friend. She's like, no, it wasn't about that. He was just doing that kind gesture. But me and Emma don't think so. At least right here. Uh, (laughs) He tells her to quit living in a book and to go live her life. Uh, And Emma is all over a bowl of chocolate mousse there at the table. All over, And uh, he says maybe he underestimated Debbie's culinary skills. 
And she says her chocolate mousse is covered in marinara sauce. <laughs> she should have yanked the bowl. Yeah, but the bowl he's been devouring is from Darren, our Darren, yes. Chandelier. A.K.A. Miss Shandy, what I like yeah. to call her. Because she tears the house down. Yeah, well, Darren has been sending Debbie goodies as a thank you. Because remember, she was sending stuff from the diner mm-hmm. with Justin right after he got bashed. Well, that gives Emmett an idea. And I'm in favor of this potential situation. Absolutely. Shandy can turn the party for sure. Yeah. You know? And then if your cooking is just as good as your performances. She can you know, feed them, entertain them. That part. Yeah. Okay, she's a one-stop shop. <laughs> yeah. Well, we see Ted entering Brian's office looking for him. And the poor baby is lying there on the couch hidden behind some papers. Like, he just looks miserable. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. Now, I'm still waiting on him to make some things right, but I do hate <laughs> that he's in so much pain right. and discomfort. Mm-hmm. And not just physically. I don't, I don't think it's just physically at this point. He's just hurting in general. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's depressed. I mean, he's going through so much. He's doing this on his own. He's not mm-hmm. really letting anybody in. So he's t- he's carrying this baggage. I mean, this boy got enough baggage to go on the world trip. Yeah, you know, so. and feeling like he has to be this strong. And so, I mean, he's got this new company. The it's new like, company. I can't let these people. And I'm sure he's hired very competent workers. And you know he did. And he has to, they're, they're depending on him, you know, right. and this company thriving. So, I mean, it's a lot of weight on his shoulders. There is, yeah. Uh, well, Ted notices that he's not looking very good. And although I do like that scruffy five o'clock shadow oh, baby, He looks so him. good. I don't know what Ted was talking about. I was like, <laughs> damn, I want to jump to the screen. <laughs> Yeah. So Ted tells Brian that he can trust him and that he won't judge him. Like, hey, tell me what's going on. And he tells Brian the first step is to admit that he has a problem. And once he's done that, he's on the road to recovery. Look at Ted. Come through. Counselor Ted. Yeah. Brian tells Ted that he's got the big C. Cocaine? Bigger. (laughs) Crystal? Bigger. Caffeine? (laughs) Which really is a pretty big addiction, but only Ted would rank that bigger than crystal and and cocaine. cocaine. Lord have mercy. It's it's true in a lot of ways, but still, only only Ted. (laughs) Yeah, and Brian says it's cancer, and Ted is more shocked by that than he would have been over those smaller Mm -hmm. C's. Because nobody thinks about that with with Brian. They know he's got his vices with, you know, the way that he copes with things and the way he enjoys himself. But nobody would be thinking cancer for him. Mm-mm. And he tells Ted that they got it. And he's in radiation. He started this morning. And then Brian barely makes it to the restroom. Now, Ted is the first person he tells voluntarily. And Ted may not know that he's the first person he right. told voluntarily. But I think he still understands this This is a big deal. Yeah. And he says that he's relieved that Brian's going to be all right. And he asks if there's anything he can do. And Brian gives him three things. Uh, number one, keep your big mouth shut or you're fired. And I think seal, he, seal, seal. Yeah, <laughs> stealing, stealing. Yeah. I think he means like at the office and, and around mm-hmm. the family. And he says, cover for me this afternoon with a client, Dandy Lube, which is a huge honor that he is trusting Ted to make this presentation. Correct. Now, he insults him <laughs> while complimenting It was him. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> he says, if you can put on a if you can pretend to be Pavarotti at that pathetic pasta palace, then... <laughs> Then you can you can do this because Ted was bringing the show though he, he was. was okay he had us convinced he was like on a stage I know at I was a like, big Damn. theater somewhere <laughs> and then he says call me a cab I'm going home and because Brian can try to deny and outrun it but even he has to take the first step in admitting that he is human and a mere mortal and this is yeah. just too much for mm-hmm. today. <laughs> I love that he came to his senses. I love mm-hmm. that he trusted Ted enough to actually run a whole business meeting too. Like, he trusted him with a big secret, and then he trusted his baby, his brand-new company, with Ted. But he also knows that Ted is very level-headed. He's trustworthy. 
and, and that he would never want to disappoint. Ted is a pleaser for sure, so yeah. he would definitely give his uh, his all. Yeah, I I just love this the way the direction that their friendship is going yeah. in. I really really love it because it, it from the day one it had the potential to be really great. Anyway, mm-hmm. it started from the moment where Ted wanted to be living Brian's dream for footsteps for one day, and Brian dressed him. I thought from that moment there, they, their friendship was going to just grow, 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 grow. Mm-hmm. So they always had the potential to be so great. Right. Because they're both, they've both got like a quick wit, sarcastic, yeah. kind of dry humor thing. So yeah, yeah they always, always snap back and forth with each other really quickly. They're good yeah. with it. But I think Ted's whole experience last season, and even before that, like that really humbled him. Mm-hmm. Life in general can humble you if you let it. Uh, but in season one... Because of Ted's insecurities, he would try to find ways to bring Brian down a peg to make himself feel mm-hmm. better. He felt like Brian didn't care about anything. He had no moral code. He was totally selfish. And I think the more he allowed himself to see beyond that persona, definitely when he's seeing how much Brian is giving of himself at this company. Correct. And just other things that he's seen as well, he started to see a real person. Yeah, and he, they already know that Brian sacrificed everything just to get the campaign going yeah. um, to get Stockwell out to prove that he was you know, mm-hmm. bad business. So they know that Brian sacrifices so much for everyone. Yeah. Now it's, it's their time to help him. Yeah. And really just as their friendship has has deepened over the season slash years, it's like what Ted said in an earlier episode. It was him and he and Emmett were walking down the street. And then he said, it's a wonder that he survived growing up in that house. So he's he knows what kind of man this is who's had to pull himself back up. Yeah. Also, I think when you get yourself into a situation and you don't want people to judge you and sum you up based on your worst choices and your lowest moments in life, like you're able to extend that courtesy to other people. Mm-hmm. And so with him getting over his crush on Michael, him seeing Brian as a real person, him working beside Brian at Kinetic, all of that has helped morph his image of this man. And so now he's when he sees him in a state of weakness, he doesn't rub it in his face and mm-hmm. say, ah, finally, I'm better than him. Instead, he sits beside him and offers to listen and to help. Absolutely. Plus, Ted has been working his program, so he's got all the tools and advice. Yep, he got all the tools. <laughs> got them all. I'm proud, of, I'm proud of Ted, and I'm just proud of the way this friendship is growing. Why do you think he tells Ted outright? Um, Because, like you said, I mean, Ted had a very hard year, and um, he knew that if Ted can do it, because Ted came back. Like, I mean, he had every reason to keep going down, 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 down. But he didn't, and he's on his way up, you know. So I think if Ted can fight and he can overcome it, I can do the same thing. I can fight too. I'm just as strong. So, I mean, I feel like they were kind of like in the same boat. Ted couldn't judge him because of his, you know, his past that that happened to him a season ago. So I felt like he he just felt very comfortable. Felt like they he could connect with him on that level. Yeah. Um. I also feel like he needed someone at work who was in on it right. you know, to kind of be True. looking out for him. And I think it makes more sense to tell Ted before Cynthia because Ted is also a friend. Yep. And Brian's also not intimidated by Ted. And so in a way that makes it a lot easier because, and I think he sees Ted differently now based on, you know, what you were saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it makes sense. to And you, I know that he wants to have somebody in his corner. Right. And Ted feels like a very safe choice True. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We see Ben and he took his former student, Anthony, up on the offer to grab lunch, and they're talking about Ben's first book and his experience pre and post diagnosis because we knew that he wrote about that because remember Ted, that's how he knew that Ben right. was positive. Mm-hmm. Um, ben says he remembers feeling terrified and that he would be next when all of his friends were testing positive. Then he said he got to the point to where he just wanted it to be over with. 
And I feel like that could have been a common opinion. Like, I'm sure for a lot of gay men, it felt inevitable for a time there. Mm -hmm. And especially when the information surrounding it was confusing and very incomplete. I would kind of like to read his first book. Now, this second one, I don't no, know. Yeah, no, but <laughs> because from what <laughs> I've know. already heard. I don't know if I got enough time for yeah, that one. No, but baby, that, that second book. Mm-mm. Yeah, but the first one, I think I would like to yeah, read that. Because uh, he wrote an encyclopedia on the second yeah. one. Like, baby. No. Uh, Anthony is very passionate about all of this. And Ben asks him if he's positive because the way he's talking about it is like it really spoke to him. Mm-hmm. Ben asks if he's positive and, and he says he's not, but it did speak to him. He said that that's the measure of any book that it moved you, made you feel something. So uh, Anthony wants to know when the next one is coming out. And Ben tells him that a couple dozen publishers have passed on it. But Anthony would like to read it and to give him his opinion. He's an he's an English lit major, a uh, budding young writer. He works in a library and he got an A in Ben's class. So he feels very qualified right. to um, offer an intellectual <laughs> opinion here. Um, but it might also be good for Ben to have someone read his book who respects his talent as a writer and is a fan of his work already. True, And since he uh, and like you said, he's a fan and he respects his work. I feel that also if Ben does need some critiquing, he would be the one who will be able to give it to him in an honest way, a way that Ben could actually receive it and not feel threatened or feel the right. shame. Or, or like, who are you to tell me? Yeah, you you're, yeah, you're what, what, more Justice League than Ivy League? Yeah, yeah that part. Okay, <laughs> yeah. like, he's real wrong for that. Yeah, but Ooh, it's ben. been a while since he's had some praise poured on him for his writing. Right. So, yeah, I get it. Now, as I was watching this, because he hands the, the a copy of the manuscript over to Anthony, and I was looking at it and I was like, I wouldn't give him that because I don't trust him. <laughs> yeah, no, I was thinking like, damn. Well, I was thinking, well, he already shopped it around at the publishers, so I mean, he's good on that. But I was like, ooh, I don't know. I don't, uh, yeah. And I was just like, who hurt me? To where my yes. first thought is, they're gonna steal your work. I know, facts though, <laughs> but, but it's the truth though. You, when it comes to your works, you you yeah. have to have every T dot um, crossed and every I dotted. Yeah. Um. Well, Emmett finds Darren practicing a number for Shanda. And I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't already know each other, but I guess he was Justin's friend. Like, Darren mm-hmm. was Justin's friend. And Emmett tells him that they met at the So What If It's Not Christmas, We're Having a Christmas Party Anyway party. <laughs> and Emmett makes a little pitch. He says, if anyone knows that the show must go on, it's it's Darren. And Darren isn't too sure about all of this, but Emmett says, like, I'm sure you could do a fabulous impersonation of a chef also. That part. <laughs> but Shanda is working on her return, so there is no time for this. And Emmett tells him to break a leg, and he nearly does, spinning in some size 11 satin pumps, which he has ruined. And because being Shanda is expensive, he talks about like having to replace those shoes. He needs wigs and gowns. He needs, um, Darren needs some dough. Yes. Emmett needs someone to stuff it with spinach and porcini mushrooms. And I'm like, ooh, put some creamy cheese in Please. there and give it to me. Girl, that's speaking my language. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. So, you know, this could, uh, yeah. A little partnership brewing, possibly. I mean, I wouldn't. How are you gonna say no anyway? Like, I mean, baby, you're just getting started. You gotta have some cash, right? You yeah. gotta have something coming on. I love how Emmy was like, baby, let's let's review this now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, because he hasn't been able to take any yeah. shows for a while, so exactly. Well, you broke. Shandy can't sure. come out looking half yeah. low budget now. <laughs> chandelier needs to be, you know, you the chandelier, boo boo. You're not the lamp, right? Okay, like, yeah. Can't be half half stepping. <laughs> oh, we see Michael at Red Cape, and Hunter comes in with the mail. And he has a letter from Brett Keller. It's two checks, one for Justin and one for Michael, each for $10,000. And they're like, oh, my God, 
gosh, we're rich. I was like, rich? I know, like, oh, inflation. Like, these days, that will get you, like, a gallon of milk, yeah. a gallon of gas, and a loaf of bread. That part, okay. <laughs> maybe. And maybe you like beer. That's yeah. it. Like, look. Yeah, but they are both excited about the money and the merchandising and just, like, things moving forward. And Michael is dreaming about Tom Cruise and some compromising positions. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of dreams, there's also a letter from Greenpoint Press for Ben. And Hunter accidentally opens it, and the publisher thinks it sucks. Damn. So not the news we were hoping nah, nah. for. I was just hoping that they both were going to win big yeah. uh, on that same day. That would have just been the icing on the cake. But mm-hmm. here we go again. Yeah, so we'll see how uh, that mm. news goes over. Yeah. Well, Debbie is down at the station, and Carl is in his office having some manwich in Debbie's neighborhood. She says yes. manwich means something different. Yes, <laughs> for real, for well, real. She came to take him up on his offer to go out for a bite. Now, she does warn him that she hasn't changed much. She's still got a big mouth, still speaks her mind, and she's still as stubborn as a prom week pimple. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's, if all of that's okay with him, she'd like to you know see about dinner. And Carl tells her that he's been seeing someone for a couple months now. Her name is Catherine. And when he asked her to go for a bite the other day, it was as friends. And you hate to see it, but Carl can't be expected to no, just wait. because he had waited a minute. Like, baby, you had him waiting for a hot minute. Yeah. Okay? And there are some situations where waiting makes sense. But here, like, Debbie was being very, like, she kept shutting him down. Yeah, every, so, every attempt. He was like, Yeah, she done. had a pattern of rejecting his advances since the very beginning. And I guess he got to the place to where he was like, "All right, I'm not going to change her yeah. mind." So. And those you sending mixed signals, like I don't, I don't know, like yeah. So I'm glad that he. I mean, he waited a little, a little bit. Yeah, you know. Well, so I'm guessing he waited a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, he had to move on. Yeah, yeah I know. So Carl just kind of broke my heart. And Catherine, you better watch your back. Yeah, because if I see you in the street, it's on sight. On sight, you know what it is, okay? <laughs> yeah, I got to defend young Deborah. <laughs> yeah. You can't work it like she does anyway. Okay. Yeah. Ted is presenting a campaign to Dandy Lube, and he's trying his Brian Kenny oh, impersonation. Oh, Jesus. Green apples included. But Ted Schmidt plus a green apple does not a Brian Kenny make. No, baby. And can, you How must, do you fumble the apple? Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I was looking at this, and I was like, Ken has dragged me to the gutter with him because this is not what I was thinking with Dandy Lube. <laughs> this is not at all what I was I know. It's an automotive servicing company. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For real. Well, girl, at least I'm rubbing off somewhere. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, as Ted is picking up the apple off the floor, he's like, if you want to be cool, if you want to be popular, if you want to get laid, then this is the lube you use on your car. Well, the client is not sold. And Cynthia is sitting there. She's like, Brian is going to fire us all. Oh. <laughs> like, I mean, Cynthia came through with the clutch. Yeah, with the clutch Ted was flapping in the wind. And Cynthia, she's watched Brian do enough of these pitches. So she steps right in. And she says, with a sexier, more playful new image, they can expand Dandy Lube's share of the market. And the clients, like, by suggesting they have half, we have half-naked muscle boys offering lube jobs and clothing optional garage. And she says, by appealing to women and gay men, like, Expand your, your market. Exactly. Yeah. And the younger guy says, well, it is an interesting point, Dad. Gays are an important demographic these days. And Daddy Dandy says that, uh, well, we have a meeting with Vanguard later, and perhaps they'll have a more straightforward approach. Boy, it's straightforward. Yeah. And my, yeah. boy, my heart dropped when he said those words. I was like, no. I know. Ted loved it. Yeah. Yes, we cannot <laughs> lose to the competition. Not that one. And not that one. Yeah. Go somewhere else. Yeah. 
Well, Doug is the younger dandy, and he asks to be directed to the men's room. And Cynthia tells Ted, like, hey, that's your cue. Yeah, baby, Go that's you. Go nail the account. That <laughs> is you. Ted has a mini panic attack, and he's like, what if he's not even gay? And Cynthia says, well, that's never stopped Brian. That he's part. like, Go make the boss proud. Ted goes to the restroom where Doug is waiting, and he says, Doug says to him, your presentation was very interesting. Like, <laughs> Dad just hears the initial pitches, and then it's up to me to follow through. Ooh. And he asks if Ted has anything else he'd like to show him. Okay, my heart was racing. <laughs> I'm like, is Ted going to go for it? Because this is not Ted's lane. Yeah. Is he going to do a Brian Kenny? Yeah, but don't sleep on Teddy. <laughs> don't sleep on him, okay, because he put them lips to work. Yeah. Um, so I, I think. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he put something to work. Well, then we see Lindsay at the gallery with uh, some framed pieces for the Auerbach exhibit. And Sam stops by to okay some stuff with the installation, I presume. Uh, She shows him one of the drawings and he says, well, I already know my work. I'd rather see someone else's stuff. Like the one Mark Peterson and conveniently sitting there leaning (laughs) on the wall. And uh, Lindsay runs over to stop him saying like she doesn't think he'll like it. She's not sure she likes it. And Sam says, if that's the case, why does she have it framed? Because... Framing is not cheap, and so you got to mean it. And I bet she used that concerned citizen's money. You know she did? Okay, for real, for real. <laughs> From that check. But ain't got no extra cash laying around. Uh-uh, to be framing stuff that right. you ain't sure about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of that stuff up in their attic was not framed. No, <laughs> at all. Yeah. Well, she starts hyperventilating a bit because Sam is about to evaluate her work, and it's a piece of him, too. Yeah. He tells her that it's good. He's very flattered, and they are standing very close, and... um. He says that if she wasn't a lesbian, he'd ask her to marry him. And she says if she wasn't already married, she might just accept. It's so. cute little banter back and forth. Like, I mean, I think they finally made it to a point in this little relationship where they can actually kind of be- use their personalities and flirt. Because he's a flirt no matter what, you know. And I'm glad she's bantering back with him. But that could be a slippery slope. <laughs> okay? Because, I mean, this man is serious. Okay? Yeah. Like, he, he is a... a, a a perv, okay? Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, I'm pervy too, but I mean, he's a perv, <laughs> all right? Like, well, I think for her, she ap- appreciates the flattery. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, because, you know, she probably ain't getting it at the house like like that. You know, oh, I don't know. Well, love but her. after a while, it's yeah. just kind of, you want to hear from outside. Yes, it. Yeah. exactly. And, and this is on something related to her art. Her too, art, yeah. So. And he's, 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 he's loving what she's doing pertaining to her skill, you know, and mm-hmm. she has a I mean, he's to... hitting on her how she looks. Oh, like, yeah, let's not, exactly. Let's not pretend that ain't But happening. she's talented <laughs> as well, though, so, I mean, that gives that, it's an extra little, uh. Yeah. Well, Michael comes to the loft, and he is banging on the door with that whiny Brian screech. Oh, Lord, that screech? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brian opens the door, and he looks road hard and put away wet, bless him. Uh, <laughs> he was trying to rest, but Michael was insistent with the knocking, And Michael comes in about to make some chicken soup. And I don't know what would make him think Brian has the ingredients to make chicken soup. I mean, you have to at least bring the shit over. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, like, does Brian look like he sits up and makes chicken chicken noodle soup? And also, how are you beating on the door like that? You don't even know Brian was home. He was supposed to be at work. Yeah. You know? And then, two. Maybe he called the office and they told him he wasn't there. True. But then, two, if you know the man ain't feeling well, why are you beating on the damn door like that? He beat on it harder than the cops would. Like. So, Michael doesn't have a key, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. Uh, well, he immediately goes into fixer mode. He talks about making a grocery list, doing the laundry, and Brian cuts him off. And he's like, this is exactly why I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want to be treated like an invalid, like a victim, or like I was going to die. And he tells Michael to get out, and then he drags himself over to the bed. But Michael doesn't listen. Of course he doesn't. <laughs> and he says, 
you think you can kick me out of here like you did Justin? I would have preferred that he worded that differently. I'm going to say he phrased it that way to tell Brian he knows what happened and he's calling him out, even though it sounds like something else. But I'm going to just move on. I mean, this was some redeeming qualities for me. Like, I know I didn't like the way it was worded either, but go ahead and put that shit out there, Michael. You need to fix this. Okay, fix this ASAP. He tells Brian that Justin deserves to know he's your lover, your partner, whether you want to admit it or not. And sick or not, that's a terrible way to treat him. And okay, yes, it was. But so was what Michael did. I just want to put that out there. It was. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Brian says he was only trying to make it easier. And I feel like there's defeat and reluctant acceptance in in his voice when he says that. And he says Justin would have left sooner or later. Might as well be sooner. Oh, Brian. I'm like, he does not. How do you lay with this man every night? And for and for many years, see. and not really know this man's heart. Yeah, like, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Brian tells him to go home to his wife and kid, and like shoves him off the bed. But now Michael understands a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I still feel like had Michael handled some things differently, a lot of this could have been avoided. But yes, it needed to happen though. Yeah, it needed to happen. He did Michael, need a verbal shake yeah, from somebody. He did, but mm-hmm. Michael, like you said, it could have been delivered a little better. Yeah. Uh, well, and I don't mean just like this speech. I mean the whole situation. The whole situation. That's how what I it meant. came out. Yeah. I didn't mean this speech. I meant the whole situation. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm glad it came out because he needed to know, like, we know we're still going to be here for you. And I'm glad he found out that Justin Justin knew and was still pretending to act like he did not know because that shows love again. I mean, right. maybe you don't see it because you, you're, you're enraged right now. So you don't you don't see that. But to me, it shows that, hey, whatever you need, I'm here for it. If I need to pretend and, and make, you know what I'm saying, be there for you on a pretend type way. I'll do what I need to do for mm-hmm. you. Um, it just should have had a better delivery. And yeah. it should have never had to come from Michael's mouth. It should have came from Justin, you know, someone mm-hmm. who's close to him Yeah, in that way. I mean, like, Michael's close, but Justin and, and Brian are intimate. So, mm-hmm. Well, I think that Gail's acting is incredible. Incredible. In this scene, with this whole cancer thing, I mean, you believe it. You can see the struggle as he's walking up the, to the, the walk. bed. Like, holding onto the wall, you know, trying to get up the steps, like. Yeah. Even in the office, going to the restroom, like mm-hmm. he's slow, he had just finished um, radiation treatment then. Yeah. So, I mean, like him, the way he was holding his body, his walk, he looked like he was in pain. Yeah. I mean, just the shifts in his voice yeah. going from being defensive to defeated to resign, just in, in his posture matching that. Like, and he doesn't incredible. have the brightness in his eyes. He really mm-hmm. looks like he's going through hell. Yeah, he does. We see Emmett and his party is underway, and he and Darren seem to make a great team. Slaying the day. Yeah, it's a house full of football players and their wags. I know what that word is. Yeah. Wives and girlfriends. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This party is for the Ironmen. That's the pro football team there in Pittsburgh. Sure it is. And the hosts and hostess, Drew and Sierra, have an announcement to make. They are now engaged. And Drew's pals come over to congratulate him, and they ask where he got those caterers. And Drew says they look like a bunch of flamers to him. Well, Emmett hears this, and I love Emmett because what? of stuff like this. He goes up to him, like, um, excuse me. <laughs> yes. And he tells him, back in Hazelhurst, where I grew up, I was taught that if a real man has something to say to someone, he always says it to their face and not behind their backs. So even though you are a star, you still have a lot to learn about being a man. And then Emmett struts back and uh, <laughs> it offers some flame and cherry. What? Yeah, whatever it yeah, was. I was yeah, like, he checked his ass. I was like, now that's having balls right yeah. there. Yeah, that's having guts and that's having integrity for yourself. He wasn't. Uh, there's no no check that you can write that's gonna make me right. You know what I'm saying? Just swallow my pride right. and, and diminish and who I am. Who I am? Yeah. Yeah. And I love this show for giving queer people opportunities like this. Like it's not 
so unrealistic to where every single time they get to right. sit their bullies down. Um, but I'm so grateful for the scenes where they do get to fight back against bullying and stupidity. And I bet this was also good for Darren to see in this very testosterone-filled room where obviously there is some homophobia. Right. Uh, Darren doesn't have to be so afraid because Emmett is right there with him. And exactly. he's like, no, nah, I got us. Yeah, I, I got us. <laughs> yeah. Baby, I want to give him three snaps and a twirl, okay? Yeah. Like, come through. <laughs> I was very proud. And I love how he started off like, I hope I'm not overstepping. Well, fuck it. I don't give a fuck if I am anyway. Right. I'm going to say what I need he's to say. For real. I was like, damn, Emmett. Okay, because, I mean, this is an NFL player, you know? Like, baby, the coin is long, okay? Right. Like, this is multiple jobs. This is you coming out for Christmas party, right, Mother's Day. I mean, all these girlfriends, like, yeah, they're getting engaged. Like, baby. yeah. Like, I mean, but he was like, fuck that. Nope. I need to say what I need to say. For real. And you're going to hear it today. Yeah. And he did it with a smile, okay? <laughs> and then got back to work. And got back to he work. He didn't make a scene or leave. Mm-hmm. Like, got right back to work. Yeah. But, I mean, he addressed him, looked him dead in the eye, and was like, listen, okay, you got a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. But, girl, they so lucky that uh, Cody from the Pink Posse didn't hear that comment because Ooh. all hells would have broke loose yeah. in that house, okay? He'd have aired it out. Aired that it party. out, okay? <laughs> I can see him come right now, okay? Yeah. Boy, they don't want them oh, problems. gosh, I hope he stays away for a minute. <laughs> for real. He needs to work through some stuff. <laughs> yeah. Drew, watch out. Yeah. So Ben, Hunter, and Michael are home, and Ben finds a retaped letter from the publisher, and... You know, I was hoping they would have forged a new letter I for know. him. Like, we're still considering it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but they did not. And so he sees that they rejected his um, his book. And Ben says, well, that's that. And Michael says, didn't some famous writer send their book to 24 publishers before they finally accepted it? And Ben's like, well, that was the 25th. Damn. And I'm like, 25, baby, that ain't nothing. Yeah, like, you're going to keep pushing, boo. I don't want to hear any whining until after the 100th yes. rejection. Thanks. You know? <laughs> Um, Michael says Ben is a wonderful writer and he has a million stories inside of him. So he bought him something to help him tell those stories. And he holds up a box and Ben's like, what is that? Hunter says it's called a computer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, precious Hunter. Well, Ben didn't realize Michael could afford something so extravagant. And Hunter reads the situation and steps in. He says, it was me. I've been moonlighting. And I'm like, no, Hunter, yeah, that's no. worse than the truth. Yeah, baby, you, you're doing too good now. <laughs> yeah, that's worse than the truth. Don't tell him that. And Michael speaks up and says that he got a check from Hollywood. And Ben's like, so you read my mail, figured you better do something and cheer me up and went out and bought me a computer. I don't want your consolation prize or your pity. Ugh, Ben, you're about to frustrate the grace, okay? That part, like, okay. Like, I have extended a lot of grace to you, and you are showing up about to frustrate it. <laughs> so. I mean, you know, it... it Oh, I'm so torn. Yeah, because like, rejection is very, very hard. And it yes. sucks to feel like you're losing when everyone around you is winning. That is very real. Like, Facts. Yeah. I literally have to tell myself, like, you know, I have a place to live. You know, I have good things over my head. Because it's so easy to say, why I'm doing everything right. And why am I still getting short in the right. stick? And then you can see somebody doing something totally wrong. And they're winning out here. This man has adopted a child, Mm -hmm. okay? He's out here trying to work. He's out here grinding, trying to stay healthy. Like, a lot of shit is on his plate, too. And he just can't get it together. I can can kind of see where he's coming from. Like, you want to be able to, like, Michael. Michael's gift is an excellent gesture. Like, thank you so much. And it's kind of like, I don't need that pity. Like, I don't, I'm going to work through this on my own. Like, thank you, but no thanks. But one, you already violated me by getting in my mail and reading, you know, reading that it wasn't accepted before I even had the chance to do it. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's one right there. Two, that was very personal. How you know? How do you know I even wanted to share that information? I would have just kept that heartbreak to myself and kept it pushing. But now you already know. 
Um, three, you make it seem like I can't afford my own damn computer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I can't write and I'm broke. You know, yeah. like, you make it seem like I can't even afford my own computer. Like, no thanks. That pride, pride is a mother, is an MF. Yeah, it mm. is. There's a lot of pride going on here. Now, I do feel like if there's something in me that can't celebrate when a person that I love or is part of my family is celebrating, that's probably something going on within me. Right. <laughs> you know, to where, no, not to say like you have to be happy just because everybody around you is happy. That's not what I'm saying, but. If I feel like everything's a personal affront to me, when it's, I don't, I don't know. It's a, if it, it's a difficult situation. Yeah. But I still am like Ben, come on now, dude. I know. I'm, just, I'm gonna give him a little leeway. Like I know yeah. you gave him a lot of grace. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a little extra grace. Yeah. Because I, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I know. Well, he's got me out here trying to defend Michael, which I'm still <laughs> mad at Michael. So. Right. <laughs> But Hunter says, well, does that mean I get the computer? Like, look, somebody's got to get yeah, it. Yeah, okay? okay. Like, baby, I got studies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm watching this and I'm kind of thinking, Hunter, baby, you might want to pack those bags and go claim the extra room at Debbie's house <laughs> before Michael beats you to it. That part. <laughs> then you have to tell a little white lie so she chooses you over Michael for a moment. <laughs> but, I mean, it's looking a little iffy. Yeah, baby. <laughs> with, with your pseudo dads yeah, right it's now. Not looking, not looking good, baby. Yeah. Well, Debbie is having a drink at Woody's, and Emmett comes in and comments that it's nice to see her back on the job as the <laughs> Liberty Avenue's leading hag. He tells her that Darren did a great job at the party, and he tells her about the run-in with the halfback, quarterback, third-back, whatever, <laughs> one of the backs. And Debbie says she has no use for straight guys, not even a certain detective. She says that just when you hand them your heart, they go and drop kick it. And Emmett puts the clues together, and he figures out that there's another woman mm-hmm. in the picture now. She tells him a story about Oliver Marconi, a kid who lived next door to her growing up. And he had a huge crush on her, but she never paid him any attention until his family moved away. And she says she still holds a place for him in her heart, same as she does with Carl. Um, I'm like, baby girl, they had my space. You should have been on. My, you should have found him on my on MySpace. <laughs> you could have still connected with Oliver, baby. Yeah, yeah. Well, Emmett says it doesn't mean anything if he's dating because it might not be serious. But Debbie says it's more than a cup of Joe that they're sharing. It's like he's gone and she's lost him. So oh, it's so sad. Yeah. But I mean, like, girl, it ain't over. It ain't into the world. You got so much to offer. Um, Debbie's a wonderful person, but I mean, if she can't drown her little sorrows away in a drink, though. Like you got to get yeah. back on that horse, baby, and yeah. ride off to the sunlight. Yeah, go find you a new man. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Michael and Melanie are at Lamaze class, and the instructor comes by to check on their rhythm. And Melanie assumes that she thinks that they're a couple, and she bets that the instructor would be surprised if she knew the truth. Well, Michael says, well, maybe she would just think, oh, how sweet, or isn't that interesting, or better yet, maybe she wouldn't care at all. That is exactly. And I like that part, that, you know, that's the best response for them is to think that it doesn't even warrant a second look, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's just as normal and right as a straight couple there having a baby. Melanie says that it's great how far they've come, like him him and Ben, her and Lindsay. She thinks they're lucky to have such stable home lives. And mates who love them. I'm like, girl, you don't even know. What's I know, going like, over speak there. for yourself yeah. because they are in near shambles. <laughs> yes, baby, you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but she's thinking that there are bright futures all around with one baby and then a beautiful child on the way, or beautiful a baby on the way. Uh, well, Justin is outside of Red Cape, peeping through the window, and Michael is running late from uh, his class with Melanie. Well, Justin doesn't care about all of that. He is there to pick up his check and to bounce. Mm-hmm. And Michael pulls out the check and he's like, I was going to drop it off. Or he's like, oh, oh, right. 
And now you know Justin is a broke college student. You could have dropped that check off to him yesterday. That part, I, I know mean, you know where Daphne you waited, lives. You waited a whole damn day. Yeah. And you know where the man works. <laughs> like, I mean, give it to your damn mama. Yeah, for real. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, because he's already been spending his check. Yeah. So, like, give me my money, please. He cashed it that day. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, was not, he didn't waste nothing. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, Justin grabs his check and uh, Michaels is like, wait up. So what for? What more do we have yeah. to talk about? And Michael tells him that he saw Brian last night. Justin says, well, lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> he tells Justin that Brian looked terrible and he could hardly get out of bed. And Justin says he's sorry to hear that, but it doesn't concern him anymore. Brian kicks him out and says he doesn't want to see him. He's like, you know, what more can I do with that? I think he's still just upset. Right. He is. He's yeah. upset. But you also, if he keeps harboring on it, it's just going to bring him down. So he's, he's trying to put him, oh, I'm out of his life. He's out of my yeah, life. Yeah, for right now. It's yeah. like, okay, what more can I do right now? Exactly. Um, Michael says... It's more like he doesn't want you to see him. He tells Justin, like, you've read the Kenny operating manual, and <laughs> he thinks now that he's sick and no longer perfect, you won't love him anymore and that you're going to leave him. And Justin's like, that's crazy. And Michael says, not when you you put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Uh, when being young and beautiful, being Brian Kenny is what it's all about. Take that away and what's he got. And so when you have that understanding of Brian it's like a lot of this outrageous stuff that he does it kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. because of the way that he thinks well Justin leaves but at least Michael tried to do something it took him a while because uh and had Justin not been at Red Cape trying to get his check that conversation would have never happened when were you gonna say something three weeks later yeah and uh after you've secured your spot back as the one he's dependent on that part okay (laughs) y'all didn't hear that (laughs) um but uh yeah so he kind of slept on this news but he did yeah well at least he's trying to make it right though so i mean he is making it right i'm glad he put that bug in his ear like it's Mm -hmm. not you it's him break it down you know brian's playbook you know how to maneuver through this he gave he gave him the tools that he needed i'll let him have that (laughs) well we see Lindsay putting the final touches on sam's show and uh, in comes the man of honor and she didn't want him to see it until it was finished but he just cannot stay away (laughs) Lindsay gets them together real quick, though. and But then she kind of changes her tune. She wants everything to be perfect. She wants to do right by him and his work. And he tries to calm her down by placing his hands on her shoulders. And these two guys walk by carrying a pretty big painting or frame or whatever. And he pulls her to him to save her from harm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're like way on the other side I of the room. I was like, you, you, I said, okay, I see you. I see you. Yeah, then that hu- that hug lingers. That linger. I said, now, I, can you feel the flames? Like, yeah. I, could, I mean, I ain't going to say it was a fire or nothing, but it was a spark. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. A little flicker. Because the way he was smelling her neck with the perfume, the way she came off his neck, I was like, yeah. oh, I was like, oh, Lord, girl, don't do it. Yeah, like, well, she pulls back and Scummy Sam has her shaking in her knees a yeah, little bit. Yeah, girl, knees weak. <laughs> weak. Uh, we see Ben, and he is home doing some writing. He's preparing a lecture, and Michael offers to order a pizza, but Ben's not hungry. So Michael offers a bit of role play. Well, Ben snaps back at him like, I'm working right now. And Michael can see that he's working, but not on the new computer he got him. He tells Ben that he knows what he's going through, and he says he's been rejected a lot in his life by jobs, by schools, by clubs, by colleges. And Pretty ben, much everything in his life. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Ben says, but now you're being accepted, and that's all that matters. Like That was shade. You're, you're missing the point, yeah. Ben. Yeah. And Michael says, I just don't want you to blame me or make me feel like it's my fault. 
And Ben says, well, sorry if I did that. Well, you did do yeah, that. Yeah, you did. You're and still doing that. Yeah, it didn't even seem sincere. <laughs> no. I'm sorry I did that, Michael. Yeah, and then he goes, I have no one to credit for my for my failures except for myself, which um, is why I've decided to reevaluate my goals and stop writing, at least for a while. Childish. Yeah, he's going to focus on what he feels he does best, which is teach. Like, that's his true calling. <laughs> and he says, in fact, I've got to go to my office. He left some reference books he needs for his lecture. Girl look late as hell. Yeah, I know. He's pulling a Brian Kenny. Yeah. He, le- he left everything at the office. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, it's late. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, Michael asks when he will be back, and he says, I don't know. Then he tells Michael to return the computer and get his money back. And rude. I thought that's very rude. rude yeah. yeah. You going to tell me, oh, you know what? I could do something. Let me take this back. Yeah. Because you had that computer for like 3000 back then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Probably. Laptop, like, nah, <laughs> hell no. Nah. There ain't no app. There ain't no MacBook now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Let me go ahead and get this shit. Let me get my money back. You don't want, you don't want going once. <laughs> going twice. <laughs> for real. Because he did not have to spend his no. money on that. Clearly, he didn't. Clearly, they have not combined their finances yet. And so he doesn't have to spend his money on Ben, but he wanted to. Right. He wanted to do something to just like, hey, I, I still believe in you. Keep writing. But that was, that was kind of rude. Now, I do hate to see anyone disheartened and giving up on their passion, but at the same time, he can Ben can be very insensitive mm-hmm. to the people around him. And I love Ben, but all these characters have flaws. Ben and- reminds me of a Scorpio. If it, High highs, low lows. <laughs> if he's going... Sorry, y'all, for my Scorpio listeners. I'm a cancer, so we connect, y'all. We kind of <laughs> say. But anyway, um, high, high, high lows, as in... I mean, high, high and low lows... If it's, the Ben show is going great, I mean, he's good. But right. the one moment the Ben show is going down, I mean, it's the worst. Like, I mean, everything right. is terrible, terrible, terrible. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just want to say to Ben, I understand if you can't get past it, but be honest and, like, use some better words to talk through your feelings. Yeah. And if you can't talk to your lover, then go seek some therapy, please. Yeah, go find somebody yeah, that you can, you can talk vent to. to. Yeah. Well, Emmett has to return to Drew and Sierra's place to pick up his check and some equipment that he left behind. He uh, he goes to the door and Drew invites him in and offers him a beer to kind of clear the air. Mm-hmm. And he says that he's not supposed to be drinking, but he's in pretty good shape. And he girl, he looking good. He lifts his shirt to get. Oh my god, I fell on the fucking floor. <laughs> you, he literally did. I mean, nose pressed to the screen. Because in the first time <laughs> we met him at the party, I was like, damn, he killed. You know, I just looked like, damn, this, this man's cute. Yeah. Okay, like, damn. I can't, why am I smiling so big? Okay, you this, really is, this are. is even a character. This is a character on a show. Why am I How do I crush? Um, y'all don't judge me. Just go, go on, babe. Go on. They walk over to the TV to watch some game film, and Drew points himself out to Emmett there on the screen. And now, as far as Emmett knows, this is a homophobic, very strong football player. The best kind. He's so. <laughs> Go on, man. Keep going. So Emmett makes good use of this slightly awkward encounter. And he asks, you know, he's like, hey, I can get some football insight. So he asks, what's up with the tight pants? And Drew says, so there's nothing to grab onto when you get tackled. And then he asks why they're always patting each other on the butt. And Drew says, just friendly encouragement. (laughs) Well, Emmett doesn't see much difference in how Drew plays his games on Sunday afternoons and how Emmett plays his games on Saturday nights. (laughs) Uh, Drew throws him a football and Emmett catches it, surprising himself. Girl, yeah, he surprised me. (laughs) Okay. So then Drew tackles him because that's the next part of the play, right? Like, they catch the ball, you got to tackle him. Lord, I'm getting hot that's, over here. That's just football. That's just how it goes. Turn the fan um, my way. <laughs> Drew has him pinned, and uh, Emmett notices that he has a very nice body with those very 
strong, firm arms and Ooh. a few other firm things. And Emmett says, well, what about Sierra? And Drew says that she thinks that he has a very nice body, too. And then Emmett is flipped over and his pants are whirled away. And this man, okay, I heard about men, you know what I'm saying, like one hand bra strap, like, you know, hitting it. This man is the master of the panty drop. He flipped him over in one yank. It was ass out. Like no undies, no nut, just and that was jeans. That was in jeans. He flipped him over and one yank and ass is out. Yo, that scene was hot. That scene right there was all for me. It, I mean, they wrote that shit. I wrote for that me. in my notes. I was like, "This is Ken's fantasy come to life." And, and before I even before you even said that, yeah. I was like, "Girl, this is my fantasy." <laughs> it's my fantasy. I'm a little torn though. Although I'm enjoying know, this scene, I, I am enjoying it. You know how we feel about the cheaters. I know we yeah. not we not big on the cheaters. No, we not big on and the cheaters. He, he just got engaged. Yeah, just so, got engaged. Yeah. So I mean, like, oh my god, like that's too much. And then, baby, you jeopardizing the coin too because right. if um, Sierra comes back home early, oh, the girls are boring. You didn't fucked up on all the money. You know what right. I'm saying? That's all the potential parties that you could have been doing. Um, two, this man may have you, and then he then he comes, and then the, the whole homophobic shit start running back to him, right. and then then you're done again. Or he could bash you and beat you and say that you didn't came on to him. You know, I mean, like, I mean, a lot could happen from this. A yeah. lot of bad can happen to it. But I mean, since we didn't get that in this episode, <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh, well, the I'm part gonna, that we did get. I'm gonna enjoy that. <laughs> I'm gonna savor on that. I'm gonna just savor on that for a, a little bit today. Yeah, that you, was, that, you're ooh. just gonna. Put he that is in here. fine. He said, "Grab my biceps." Then he said, "Now touch this." Uh, girl. <laughs> you can go home and rewatch that, aren't girl, you? Girl, you know I'm going home to rewatch that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I swear I'm not always a freak. My mind doesn't always go there. Sure. The show brings it out in me. <laughs> it does. Damn, he was fine. Drew. Call you. I, I'm finding this actor's real name. I'm, I'm finding <laughs> you on social media, baby. That, that's happening. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Well, we see Ben in his office working, and Anthony spots him when he walks by. He's already finished Ben's book. And he hands it back. That book is huge and heavy. You would have to register that as a weapon. Facts, girl. No, for real, for real. Like, there is no way you could have read that book. Yeah, well, he says he lost 36 hours reading it. I believe it probably took that long. Um, He was completely enthralled. Ben says, thank you. And Anthony wants to thank him for entrusting him with it. And Anthony says when Ben has a spare moment, maybe they can grab a coffee to discuss it. Well, Ben has a moment now. So uh, they're going to sit there in the office and discuss his Mm, I don't like this. Uh, I mean, my my spidey alerts, my what is it, spidey <laughs> sense is just going going crazy right now. Yeah, I, I, mm, I don't like it. I do not like it. That one little cumbling is going to turn into this slow lean in kiss and shit. You know how that happens? That staring <laughs> at her like the characters just develop so well. Yeah, and then that slow look, <laughs> and then as they look and they just their faces get closer and closer, and then you know what the fuck happens after that. Girl, I don't like You've it. already written out the whole episode. There well, you go. there it is. <laughs> well, Brian is back at Kinetic, and he is trying again. And he's got a sparkling beverage there to keep to help settle his tummy. Like, the poor baby is still struggling. Mm-hmm. She told him it would be a few days. Well, Ted walks in, and he tells Brian that Dandy Lube just signed with them. And Brian congratulates Theodore, saying he told him he could do it. And Ted says, it's dicey at first, but uh, he managed to convince Baby, him. Baby, it was hella dicey at first. <laughs> yeah. But I wish he would have gave. It was all the way diced up. Yeah, it was diced. Okay, that yeah. whole, you threw that bitch in a ninja, okay? <laughs> it was done, okay? 
I wish he would have gave Cynthia a little bit of her credit too, because yeah. Cynthia really saved the day. And she and then, told him, like, hey, yeah, this is your cue because mm-hmm. you weren't gonna pick up on that. Yeah. But I like how he came in with the confidence, like, yeah, babe, I did that. Yeah. Well, Brian asked, uh, well, and how did you do that? And Brian knows what's up. Yeah. yeah. He says, well, I thought to myself, what would Brian Kenny do? Mm. And after that, it was a snap. Brian knows exactly what it took to steal. Exactly. Steal that deal. Do you think Brian is still doing that? Hell yes, I think Brian was gonna do whatever it's gonna take to get the um to get the the, the account for real. Here recently, he he hasn't had to because he's getting the people he he's he has already worked with, so they know his work, they know what he'll do, they know the links that he actually will take and make their company thrive. But um, this is a brand new one, so I think if Brian was there and he kept them on the fence. That son would have been in the bathroom stall, <laughs> bent up. Brian would have had that dude on his knees, bent over the toilet, face in the toilet probably. Like, <laughs> Brian would have had his ass together. Yeah. Okay, real quick. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna say Brian wouldn't have. Yeah, Brian would definitely. Hell yeah, Brian's going to do that. Yes. I don't know. I'm kind of torn because a part of me feels like he's not doing it that way anymore because it's a risk to his career. Like, after the whole thing with the guy earlier on. That was somebody who worked with him, though. Yeah, These are like strangers. but still, you know. But uh, also with him having his own business, I feel like part of him might want to know that he's getting these accounts based on his merit and his talents alone. True. Um, And I think he wants to be respected in that world as a legitimate business owner and ad exec. And I don't think he's going to, like, try to win accounts that way anymore. Like, I don't know. I I, I can see both sides. Yeah, no, I can see that, too. But at the same time, if if the account is slipping away. He's grabbing an account. And if I it, think if it's a guy that he wants anyway, right. then sure. But I don't know that he's going to be doing it just. And it's totally fine because we didn't get to see it because Ted was there and Brian right. was sick at home. He couldn't mm-hmm. He couldn't do it. But I think if he is interested in the guy anyway, then he's like, sure, why not? But to do it solely to get the account, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Not solely to get the account. But if it's going south, yeah. And, and like you said, if he's <laughs> interested in somebody, I, I mm, well, we've been talking about growth. We'll have to see. Maybe we have another another chance to see. Because Brian I just feel like it's that thing where I would always, if that were me, I would doubt that I got this account solely based on my work. Right. And for some people, they don't care about that. That's not important to them. But I just feel like for, if he was still at Vanguard, even though he was a partner there, maybe he still would. But I feel like being on your own, you want to know that your right. your company is thriving because your company deserves to be thriving. Correct. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, uh, I can deal with that. All opinions are welcome, of course. Yeah, no, no. I can deal with that. I can (laughs) deal with that. Ted is really feeling himself because he once again notices that Brian is not looking great. So he tells him to go home and let him run the shop. He's like, Mm -hmm. I got this now. (laughs) Uh, Because, and Ted has his, Theodore, I'm sorry, has his trust. Well, anyway, so Brian listens to him and he he decides to go home. Let let Ted uh, take over there. Uh, So, yeah, we see him in the elevator there at the loft. And, uh, okay, I'll say this at the top of the scene before we start, because once we start, I don't want to come out of the scene. Um, But I just want to say, like, these two actors are incredible in this scene at the loft. Yes. Incredible. You feel every word, every emotion. Every emotion. Yeah. Like, I mean, the facial expressions, the tone and and pitch in the voice, the shakiness of the voice. I mean, like, this scene right here was... So true. Yeah. They picked I mean, the it, best It was actors. perfection. I mean, it the was. chemistry between the two of them, perfection. Okay. Let's just get into it. <laughs> um, there, When Brian walks in, there is a noise in the kitchen, and someone is there, and it's Justin. Now, Brian doesn't really have the strength to deal with this right now. <laughs> um, and he tells Justin, hey, I thought I told you to get out. 
And Justin says, well, I guess I didn't hear you. You tend to mumble a lot. <laughs> um, and he asks if Brian wants some soup. Brian's like, look, listen to me. I do not want you here. And Justin's like, I don't care. Wait, yeah. I don't care what you want. Mm-mm. Brian comes around to try to throw him out again. And Justin says, you're not getting rid of me. And they have a little tussle. And Justin pushes him <laughs> pushes him down. But he immediately checks that Brian's okay, asking if he's all right. Brian says he is. But Justin's like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> and Brian gets angry. Well, why, why the you, fuck are you asking Yeah, me why that? do you keep asking? And Justin goes off in the best, most needed way possible. I mean, he threw those words together. Yeah. Justin went in. He was like, because you a motherfucker. I, I'm, I'm here to let you know that you a motherfucking piece of shit. Yeah. For not, you know, <laughs> like, for not telling me yeah. yourself. Like, I'm here and for you. And for shutting me out. Yeah. yeah. For thinking that you can handle this on your own. And that little break in his voice just gets me every time. It's his eyes. Like, the the, the conviction in his yeah, eyes. Yeah, there's the so much looking. fire. There's. Yeah. There's all this stuff mixed in. You see what, hurt. You yeah. see, you know, like, I mean, you see the hurt in his eyes. You see concern and worry all over his face. And then you just see, you see him like, like love, the right. love. That's like I'm standing yeah. here for you. I love you. That's why mm-hmm. the fuck I'm here. Yeah. And he says, most of all for thinking that I would leave you because of this. Like, why would you think that? I feel like that is like an insult to Justin. Yeah. Like, do you really think I'm that vain? Like, do you not trust the words that I say that? Like, I think that's what hurt Justin the most is like you didn't you don't trust when i say that i love you like you yeah. can't see that and the rest of it tracks for brian but the part where you know that he kicks him out all this stuff but the part where he doubted justin's love like justin takes offense to that don't tell me what i say to you and what i feel for you isn't real and he's been saying that since season one that's the mm-hmm. fight they've been having since way back in season one right like, you can't tell me that i don't mean it when i say that i love you and brian is surprised by justin's reaction and He's surprised that Justin is mad because he wanted to say and how dare Brian think otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I think Brian just continues to be amazed by this man who keeps choosing him. Right. And now when Brian feels like his secret is out, like here's Justin fighting for his place at Brian's side. Yeah. And for Brian's place at his side. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And Brian averts his eyes when he see when Justin asks why he thought he would leave him because he's being exposed. Right. Like Justin has given voice to Brian's current biggest fear. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that his fear of rejection and abandonment makes him pathetic. And he can't look Justin in the eye while he feels that way. Cause he feels like kind of like yeah. a loser right mm-hmm. now. And so he's like, he didn't want to, can't look him in the eye. can't face him with that. Um, but he's never been able to hide from Justin before. And that's certainly not going to happen now. Nope. <laughs> and plus I think this kind of love and this kind of boldness coming from Justin is overwhelming for Brian. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't, he's never experienced Yeah. It he doesn't know how to handle that. Yeah, No one has fought for in his corner. Mm-hmm. Like that. Period. I mean, Michael probably has, but no one else, n- none of his family members. Debbie never stands up for him. She Just, does, but not like but not this. That, not like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Justin didn't take no for an answer. He voiced to him how upset and angry he is and why he was angry um, because you try to keep me out the loop. Like, I'm yeah. not going anywhere, period. Yeah. You know, I don't care if you have one ball. I don't care. Yeah. You know, like, I, yeah. I don't care about any of that. I'm here. And I, it's something that he said, like. Bro, I had way better reasons to leave Yeah, you. we're getting there. Yeah. yeah. Well, so he tries to get away from him, but Justin is determined in his heart and mind, like, no, we are having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes on. He's like, you think I believe because you had something removed because you're no longer perfect? He says, well, believe me, Mr. Kenny, that's the least of your imperfections. That part, I though. saw that little half smirk at the Mr. Kenny. Yeah, right? that, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love how he shaded him, though. Yeah. He was like, baby, you're not perfect. Yeah. Okay, like, like I, I put up with these things because yeah. I, I, I love you. You know, and but. Justin says, if I wanted to leave you, I've had better reasons. Plenty yeah, of them. Yeah, plenty. 
And Brian says, maybe you should have. And that sounds cold and callous, but I think it's actually Brian admitting that he doesn't think that he's worthy of this man and of this kind of love. And he's like, maybe you should Mm -hmm. leave me. Like, why would you want to stay? And it's almost like a challenge. Like, I think it's Brian still trying to control the narrative a little mm-hmm. bit. And he also wants reassurance. Yeah. And but luckily, Justin is reading all of this perfectly. Yep. Like now he is in tune with the situation. And he says, yeah, maybe you're right. But I thought we had a commitment and I plan to stand by it. Mm. Now, the only thing I wish is that we got to hear the pillow talk between these two, mm-hmm. between episode 308 and like 310. Right. Where this commitment would have been ironed out because you just know they've had a couple conversations now to where, you know, that. Words were exchanged. Yeah, we just terms we're not were privy. laid out. Yeah, yeah, we yeah but we're, we're, yeah, we're not privy to that conversation because there was the whole I thought we were partners thing. And here Justin's saying, well, hey, we had a commitment. And there are a couple other things that tell you there was some pillow talk right. that went on. But I think the overall idea of their commitment goes back to 208 in their covenant scene when they said we're together because we want to be. Right. Like that was the commitment. As mm-hmm. long as we want to be together, we're going to be together. Um, and so I think that's what Justin is saying. Like, I'm honoring my commitment to be exactly who I want to be and where I want to be. And I want to be here with you with all your imperfections. So I think with that in mind, assuming if Brian still wants wants this and he's like, OK, well, then it's settled. <laughs> and then Justin says, well, now get go get in bed. Yep. <laughs> and you son of Joan and <laughs> have in uh Eat some freaking chicken soup. <laughs> yes. And um, and he did it. Yeah. And okay. Okay, what is he going to do after that? I yeah. mean, you better go get in a bed and eat every drop of soup yeah, I'm not in playing that with box. You. He's not playing games. And I think Brian knows what's good for him. Right. So he goes and lays right down. And I love that they don't have to say I'm sorry because him just doing the action and doing what Justin said, it was enough to say thank you and I'm sorry for acting an ass with you and treating you this way. I mean, mm-hmm. it was enough said. I love that Justin doesn't even need to hear that. Yeah. He already knows how Brian works and how to maneuver in that world. Yeah. I wrote like a book about this scene. We're only going to talk about like a chapter of it. Well, it my book is like the size of Ben's book. Oh, <laughs> well, Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah. But I think this is the most honest conversation that they have had thus far. Mm-hmm. Like Justin has known all this stuff about Brian almost from the start of their relationship. Right. But for Brian's sake, he sidestepped it or pretended it didn't exist, didn't really draw attention to it. But he gets very real with him here. And um, he's like, oh, you thought I didn't already know you weren't perfect? (laughs) And, you know, another thing, it might just be true in my mind, but it kind of looks like the power dynamics have shifted Uh between the two of them. But actually, I think it's probably always been this way. But Justin just never harnessed that power. Exactly. (laughs) So I think something else he's telling him here is, I've seen you and I know you and I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still I'm still saying right here. And I am so glad that Justin pulls off the gloves like that. He's directly addressing Brian's insecurity. Yep. Needed to. It's hard to love a person who has a lot of insecurities and a lot of self-worth issues. It's -hmm. it's worth it in a healthy relationship, but it's hard to do. And because an insecure person will only let you love the parts of them that they love. Right. And that's the only parts of them that they want to show you. And so if you go poking around and finding this other stuff, they don't want you to see that. Mm-hmm. So That's literally poking the bear. Yeah. And so Brian, for himself, he loves his looks and his virility. And so if those things are gone to him, like, okay, what's there to stick around yeah, for? Like, why are you, left. don't worry, why are you looking at that over yeah. there, you know? <laughs> Just the fact that he's more direct here, I think, is very, very important. He needed to be extremely direct, get everything off his chest, and he needed to voice everything. And I love that he did it. He confronted everything that was troubling him, and he confronted, and then he gave also gave reassurance to Brian, like, I'm not going nowhere. This is where I want to be. This is where I'm going to be. And you're going to accept that because yeah. you want me here, too. As bad as you 
trying to pretend that you don't. You want me here. Yeah. You know, you don't need me, but you want me right. here as well. And also, boo, you don't have to do this alone. You're mm-hmm. not you're not gonna do this alone. Right. No. So you yeah. go get in that bed, exactly. you get the suit, that part. and I'm gonna be here. <laughs> and I'm going to the doctor's appointment. So let's yes. just go on and get that out there go, too. Go ahead. Go ahead and put me on that list. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm coming. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions that I'm going to ask you in a minute, but the song for the end credits after the scene is uh, I Walk the Earth by King Biscuit Time, which is a great song. And the first lines of that song are when I walk through the earth, I get stuck in the middle. I can't see your love. I don't know your love. And I think that's where Brian was. Like he's Mm -hmm. dealing with all this stuff and it's got him all foggy and clouded and uh, having to face his imperfections and the fact that his beauty will eventually fade and or might eventually fade. I mean, he's still beautiful to this day. (laughs) um, Yeah, so I think that's just kind of where he was. With all that stuff going on around him, it was hard for him to understand what unconditional love would look like. Right. And to believe that that was something that was being offered to him. He doesn't feel worthy. Yeah. Okay, so I got some questions for you before we end this this episode. Do you think they would have fixed this and found their way back to each other without Michael's intervention? Um, No, I don't think, because they're both stubborn people. Uh, I feel like Brian, Justin tried his own. Justin picking up that check and Michael having that chase out conversation again, reassuring him like it's not you. He only did this because he didn't want you to see him like this. That gave Justin the courage to say, all right, I can still go fight. I mean, Justin always going to have fight in him, but I think Justin was going to let him have his own space. But I feel like if you give Brian too much space out of sight, out of mind, although he loves Justin, he would have did anything in his power to keep him preoccupied without, without having to see Justin. So I think just Michael having that conversation with the both. Okay, yes and no. Okay, yes and no. But it, without Michael having that conversation, it, it kind of, Michael having that conversation expedited everything, opposed to it lingering on out. And we hitting five more episodes of them not being together. But eventually, yes, I think their love is so strong, it would have found its way back. It's one of those, well, if you love somebody, it'll come back around if it's meant to be. It would have came back around. It just would have taken some time. And I don't have time for that because I've y'all already broken up once, you know, like, uh uh-uh, uh, like <laughs> I don't have time for that, you know? Yeah. Like, no, like let's let's make this work. Yeah. See, I, I definitely think that they would have found their way back. Uh, through, now we'll talk about we can talk about how long it would have taken, but I definitely think they would have found their way back. Now for, for Brian this was not about him not wanting Justin. This was about him thinking Justin would not want, want him. him. Mm-hmm. And because Brian does want their relationship. And yes, he's denied himself things before, but not so much when it comes to Justin. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the one person that he's always broken his rules for. And so I definitely think that even without the talk from Michael, Brian would have created an opportunity for this to be fixed. Now, he would have placed the ball in Justin's court, but... Which you know, I don't think is not fair, though. He, but he would have done it in a very, very Brian Kinney way. Um, as to not truly appear to be asking for what he wants. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I think that that's what he, he would have done. He, whether it be him showing up at the diner, knowing that Justin was mm-hmm. working a shift, he would have orchestrated some little thing, I think. And, and then, it, it could have got to the point where it would have been a Debbie and Carl situation. Maybe, you know, you waited so much, wait, wait you know, too, too long. long. Yeah. I mean, I'm I don't know. Else. I don't know how long he would have waited. I don't know. He might would have tried to wait until he got done with all his radiation stuff, but I, I, I don't know. Well, but as for Justin, I think he can't not care about Brian. Right. And Justin is upset and he has every single right to be. But when he steps back from it, he does know Brian and he would have figured out on his own eventually exactly what Brian did and like why Brian did what he Mm -hmm. did. And it's exactly like Michael said, Justin has read the Kenny operating manual. I think he's probably memorized it. Yeah, it's memorized. Um, Way back in season one, Justin told Brian that he was on to him. 
And so he would have eventually seen this on his own. It's just right now it's all clouded because the other emotions, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And um, I think just the pain from the lie, from being tossed out, from Brian's overall everything in the last few weeks, I think that pushed Justin to the breaking point, at least temporarily. And it blinded him from seeing what he knows to be true. Mm-hmm. But when some of that stuff settled, I think that he would have found a way to get to get through to him. Just like he always has. Like, he, you know, even in 103, it was like, all right, I want to get his attention. How am I going to do it? Right. <laughs> you true. Know? And then Daphne would have helped him come up with some oh, plan. She would have, yeah. That, you know, he was always in his face in Absolutely. 308. Like, yeah. he would have come up with, he would have come up with something. But I, it also kind of makes me think about that episode I talked about earlier in 206 when they kind of had a little disagreement there at the loft mm-hmm. when Justin asked Brian, like, hey, why am I here? Right. And he told him what he told And Justin left and went to Debbie's. And then Brian came and found him right. and was like, hey. <laughs> Come on home, babe. This is what's up. Yeah. And Justin listened, but he also challenged him. But then they, like, kissed and made up. And so I feel like it would kind of be something similar right. to that. But, yeah. But like you said earlier, I do think that they are both very stubborn. Perhaps what Michael said did expedite the process. But I think the reconciliation was inevitable. Right. Um, and I'm going to add right here. It's not so much that Michael figured out what was going on because Brian straight up he told, told him. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just spreaded the news. He yeah. spreaded the tea. He just eventually. Yeah. I mean, he didn't deliver the message with any urgency. I'm just going to say that. But <laughs> it eventually got there. All right. All right. Uh, so my next question. Um, and it's pretty much answered in the episode. But I still want us to talk about it because I said we would. What's up with the difference in how he treated Michael and how he treated Justin? Like, why did he hug Michael but kick Justin out? I mean, like, it goes back to Justin gives him a different part of love. He lets him, he lets Justin in on a different part of him. And it goes back to him not feeling if, if he's in, if he's not perfect, it goes back to him thinking that Justin might not want him. You know, he knows for a fact Michael's going to always be there. Michael's been there since day one through everything. I mean, that's going to be his number one cheerleader always. But Justin doesn't owe, don't doesn't owe Brian anything except for like he wants to be with him. So I think it came out of um, insecurities yeah. and it came, um, it came out of insecurities and he was scared as much as Brian don't want to um, say it. I mean, he's terrified. I feel right. like he, he has to be terrified. He, things are unsure. Although the doctor said you have 99%, you know, some chance of um, a total re- re- um, recovery. You never know anything could happen, you right. know? And even if it ain't this, what's yeah, the next what's thing next that could Because yeah, yeah. all these side effects is going into it, you know? Like, how is this going to affect everything about me? He also don't want to dim Justin's light at the same time. Like, you're only 20 years old. You shouldn't have to be worried about my health and worrying about me when you should be focusing on building your own life, your own career. You got so many good things going on. I don't want you focused on me and forgetting about what really should matter to you in this moment. So it, I think it was a, a combination of many things. It goes back to, like I say, I'm just going to sum it up again. Yeah. He gave uh, Michael a hug because Michael's always going to be there. Michael's like a brother to him, you know, like nothing more. Michael won't ever get anything else. A a kiss here and there, but that's it. You (laughs) know, like you a playful, fun little brother who sometimes we kiss. Um, (laughs) And then with Justin, he kicked him out because he was scared. He's opened up. He given him that type of love. Then he just got really scared. So the only way he could he could fix it is to shut you out. You know, that's that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I'll start with his reaction to Michael. I think Brian knew exactly how Michael would respond to mm-hmm. this news. He would cry and and stress and be, try to be over there all the time, smothering and mothering him, Yeah, which is exactly what we saw Michael trying to do in this yeah. episode. And Brian knows that's how Michael will react because Michael has seen Brian in low moments, like mm-hmm. what you were saying. 
you know, think about that episode when Brian came to him after being around his dad and he climbed in the bed drunk mm-hmm, and crying. Like, mm-hmm. And that was it was clear that was not the first time something like that has happened. So, right. yeah, Michael has seen him in these low, vulnerable, weak moments before. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like this, but he has seen that. And um, he knows a lot of Brian's baggage because he knew Brian when he was a kid, when he was still living home with Jack and Joan in their awfulness. In, in all of that, in seeing all that, like you said, Michael didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so he knows that Michael is still going to be there. Now, Brian's not thrilled that Michael knows, but it's not going to affect their friendship at all. So it's not that big of a deal. But then there's Justin, and that's an entirely different kind of love, an mm-hmm. entirely different kind of relationship. And I think at this point, his relationship with Justin is becoming or has become the most rep- important relationship in his life. Yep. And... So while that should be a great thing to celebrate because they've been so solid lately, it's really the scariest thing because Brian, like you said, is afraid of losing it. And it's kind of a complex thing because the deeper he gets into this relationship, the harder and more devastating it would be to lose it. Mm -hmm. And Brian is thinking, if I'm not perfect, if I can't satisfy him or keep him interested, he will leave or worse, he'll stay out of pity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we talked about Justin being triggered during the Pink Posse arc and how he sought safety and security and i think brian's triggered here like that fear of abandonment and rejection that's triggered in him and so what safety looks like for him is let me remove the possibility of somebody rejecting Uh me so let me push you away before you leave me Mm -hmm. and so that's what that's what he's doing that's how he he guards himself yeah and also uh he doesn't want justin to stay out of guilt or obligation like that would be worse than justin leaving yeah because that's the situation brian's parents had where they stayed because they felt like they had to, they had, had no to. choice, mm-hmm. and it made everyone and everything they touched miserable. miserable. Yeah, yeah. And Brian knows that Justin would stay, even if in Brian's mind he shouldn't, and he thinks that Justin won't do what's best for him, so he pushes him off another Kenny Cliff. Yeah. And it's been a while Them since we saw, I know, it's been a while since we saw poor Sunshine yes. flying from one of those. Girl. But here we are again, and we've talked about Brian's self worth issues. But I think he is convinced that Justin would not want this, would not want him like this. And he's like, he's there's no way Justin's getting enough from him now to right. make this worth it. And he thinks that Justin would stay for too long out of pity and then come to resent him. And then it's going to change how Justin sees him. Justin has always looked at him with so much love and adoration and respect. And he doesn't want to see that change, True. I feel like. Maybe he doesn't want the you know, because we all know how Vic and Debbie fell out, mm-hmm. you know. And you know how Debbie literally said, "Well, I did this and this, and I did da da da." Yeah. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want to hear that from Justin either. You know. Yeah. Put I that think, stress on him. Yeah, and so I think he really wants to save him from the burden mm-hmm. of this, and also from the pain of of all of it. Because it gets worse. Yeah. I mean, if they're gonna stay true to that storyline, you know, it can get yeah, way it can get worse. way worse. Yeah. So. Well, and that's kind of why I feel like he was mad at Justin for finding out because it's like Justin, you started the countdown on us. Like the minute you found out these ugly truths about me. Mm-hmm. Then it was just a matter of time before you got fed up and left. Right. So, uh, so I think yeah, I think that's another reason that he kicked him out. Because in the floor picnic scene, Justin called Brian's body perfect, and that lodged into Brian's mind as something different than what Justin intended. Yeah. But he he latched onto it like mm-hmm. my body was perfect. That's what he cares about. That's what he wants. Right. <laughs> and it's not that anymore. But yeah, so I feel like all of that is kind of is kind of why like. What it comes down to is what your summary was. It's just two different types of of love and of friendship. love and friendship, and it's got nothing to do with Brian not loving Justin. Nothing to do with him choosing Michael right. over Justin because they're not even in competition. Yeah, yeah. you can't compete when you don't compare, boo. <laughs> right. Um. 
Yeah, but there's just so much more potential for pain and devastation if Justin finds out. And even worse, if Justin walks away and abandons him, definitely at a time when Brian's already at his lowest. So he pushes him away before he can walk away. Which um, is sad. Yeah. But really then sad, but, it's, it's, we but then we get to this. Yeah, we understand. And then we get to this episode and we get this last scene where Justin's like, look, I'm, I'm here. Not, yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm queer. I'm here. That part. <laughs> going nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. Okay? Nowhere. Um, yeah. It was a fun episode. Yeah, it was. It I, was. Mean, I got closure on a lot of things. Like, Finally, the wrapping. I love that they wrapped up the Justin and Brian. Because I could not no. deal with several episodes no. of them having that lingering. I didn't I like that. Uh-huh. I didn't like that at all. The way because the way it ended last week, I was like, "Hell no, we're not doing this again." Yeah, like I, I just can't. <laughs> I, I don't have it in me. I don't. I don't have enough energy in me. I, I can't take it again. Yeah. So I'm glad we got wrapped up with that. I'm glad Emmett stood his ground and got him a little piece of beef cake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm now I'm worried about Michael and Ben though. Like I just feel mm-hmm. like Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. I, I mean, I don't want to wish nothing bad on Michael because he really tries to be, you know, Mister Save It and uh, Captain Save a Ho. <laughs> but um, you know, like his he's always kind of falls a little short. You know, so yeah. I don't know. I'm I don't know. About yeah, that. because Ben is not in a great place. It doesn't seem. Yeah, and um, not. you don't make good decisions when you're not in a great place. Mm-mm. And I'm gonna see what what young Deborah gonna be doing too. Yeah. I mean. Hopefully they're gonna write her another love interest in. No, we're getting a new man. Know. Yeah, please let's get somebody new. I mean, Deborah needs to get that on fireplace to burn it again. <laughs> but yeah, I like this episode. It was really, it was a good one. It was yeah. deep, but also lighthearted and fun and sexy. Yeah, it like wrapped up some things, but also opened up yeah. some new things. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a, I'm loving season four. Me too. Well, guys, let us know what your thoughts are on season four and this episode because you know we love to hear it. You know what we say? Let's keep it interactive. Y'all hit us up. Let us know y'all thoughts. Oh, one more thing. I want to send out a thank you to all of our patrons. We have our um, our two-year anniversaries coming up. And so we're sending Woo-hoo! out something a little special to our, our patrons to yes, help babe. us celebrate. So thank you, guys. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. Always thank you so much for the support. We couldn't do this without you. And we do this for you guys and our genuine love for queer as folk. All right, guys. Well, until next time, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.